Alright, hello everybody, and welcome to this special episode of Black Box Online Radio. First, a big thank you to everyone who checked out the episodes on the Long Island Serial Killer, and that is an ongoing series, and there will be some more episodes coming out later this week. And also, a big thank you to everyone who heard the breaking news story about a new development in the murder of Sherry Jo Bates. Lots of things happening in the true crime world. But today I wanted to devote this episode to the release party for the book Killer on a White Horse by me, Ned Dahan. And if you go to the description box here, from now on, there will be a link posted to Amazon.com, and that's where you can order the book Killer on a White Horse by Ned Dahan. So it's going to be out in electronic form for now. Good time to get those Kindles, tablets, even your phone. I read most of my Kindle books on the phone these days. But one thing I did do was I got a copy of Killer on a White Horse and I had it on the Kindle Fire tablet. And it has that automatic reader, like it can convert any Kindle book into an audio book. And it reads it in this computer voice. And I'm not going to lie to you, that was a very surreal thing hearing my novel read as an audio book. But I wouldn't say it was a little bit disappointing, but it's just different because I mostly read nonfiction books. Yet, when I was listening to this one, it was so different because in a nonfiction book, it's just relaying the facts. And when you listen to most audiobooks that read novels to you, they have a narrator using different types of voices for the characters, and everything's just done in a straight monologue. So maybe one day there will be an audiobook, but hey, that's uh, so far in the future. Anyway, Killer on a White Horse is now available on Amazon.com, Kindle Direct Publishing, but there's a link to that in the description box. And in future episodes of Black Box Online Radio, it will always be there, as well as the Teespring page. You know, you can check out some of the t-shirts. Remember, being weird is not a crime. But somebody um, asked a question, I think on Monday, and because Wednesday is normally the AMA, the Ask Me Anything Day, they said, how did you find the time to write a novel? And back in 2020, I decided to devote one part of the day, like any time I wasn't working on any day off, like of course I work a day job, right? But on any of my days off, I would write one chapter like every day off one chapter. So I started in 2020 and um, I just kept going. And up until maybe November or December, I had some good momentum, but like maybe at the beginning of November, I wasn't sure what to do. I wasn't sure how to end the novel. And then like in December, I really had to hurry things up because the extrinsic motivation for writing this novel, Killer on a White Horse, was I had sort of a bucket list um, event in my life, like a bucket list dream, of entering the Minotaur Books novel writing competition, the first crime novel competition. And Minotaur Books is um, connected to St. Martin's Press, who gave us the wonderful Zodiac from 1986. And it's um, a crime novel competition. As you said, first uh, crime novel is for unpublished writers, and I had always wanted to do it. Twice I did the paperwork to um, get set up, and this was back in 2007 and 2010, and it wasn't done electronically. You were supposed to print your novel, and I even had the addresses for the people that I was supposed to send a print copy of a novel to, but I just couldn't finish on time, and I have always wanted to do the Minotaur Books writing competition, 
and I did. But I didn't win. And um, they said if no one would have been contacted by March of 2021, or if you hadn't been contacted by 2021, then you didn't win. So I recognized that I was not one of the winners. And because I was getting so close to that deadline, I definitely overlooked certain um, key mistakes in the novel that I hope have been corrected. But it's now available, uh, as I said, on Amazon.com. The link is in the description box, Killer on a White Horse. The way I've been promoting it on the channel is that it was inspired by the Zodiac Manson connection, and not in the sense of based on a true story, but rather inspired by true events. If you read through it, you're definitely going to um, see how the Zodiac Killer was an inspiration, but not in, not in name or anything. All the names are different. It's set on the East Coast, not out in California, and it's perhaps a less... Um, less explosive story to say, but also I think it's important to remember that it's coming at it from perspective. It's about a group of three, sometimes four people who are just following the news stories, no reporters, no detectives, You're coming at it from the perspective of people just kind of sitting around curious about a murder mystery that has taken place. And I think it was Colonel Reb who asked the question, why did you call the novel Killer on a White Horse? and not The White Horse Killer. And, well, The White Horse Killer is the name of the fictional serial killer that is in the novel. Yes, of course, there are certain inspirations from the Zodiac Killer. And if you read the novel, you'll see how and why. But um, I talk about The White Horse Killer so frequently in the novel, I just wanted to have something different on the cover. But, um... I put out one thing on Kindle Direct Publishing in the past, and then I just took it down a couple weeks later because it was back in 2012 or 13 thereabouts, and simply I didn't have a way of uh, promoting it, and I didn't feel that it was that good, and I don't even know what happened to that manuscript. It may have been lost to time. That was a novella rather than a novel itself, but I do have to share one thing with you about Killer on a White Horse. I wrote the thing in double space for the um, Minotaur Books writing competition, as they requested, and it was like 225, 226 pages, and I submitted it in double space, but Amazon condensed it down to 159 pages, and I was like, rats, there goes my accomplishment. But, you know, it's only done electronically, so if anything, it'll be a smooth read at 159 pages. Now, here's something that people might have some mixed feelings when they hear. When I was reading through Killer on a White Horse, part of me wants to tell the audience, just stop at page 135 or 136. But as a reader, I could have um, kept going with the story, or that could be the time when you just leave it up to the imagination. Horribly unsatisfying. But there are many things about the true crime world that are very unsatisfying, like you don't always get closure, and so on. So I had to finish the story, though. So it's like a, the novel is moving onward, and people are discussing this serial killer, and they're giving their like ideas and theories about what's happening, and I could have just canceled it right there and be like, you, the audience, you, the reader, I'll leave it up to your imagination. But I just had to write in a variant of the ending. So no matter what you do with Killer on a White Horse, um, I invite you to 
uh, read it all the same, review it on Amazon, tell your friends and family why not Killer on a White Horse by Ned Dahan, now available. But um, there is something else in the works. Back in 2018, I did write a manuscript for something, and it wasn't done in the exact same way of, um, I'm going to sit down on my days off and just write one chapter. I was actually working on it every day for a while, but it's not um, true crime, it's not a novel or a murder mystery. It was instead just um, something that I learned about from Dr. Jordan Peterson when he said to create a mental exercise for yourself where you write for 15 minutes a day. And I um, just did that. Like, I started out actually doing it on my break time at work, writing for 15 minutes, got the laptop there, and just um, write about anything, write about any subject for 15 minutes a day. And um, eventually that turned into uh, not writing on break time at work, but for some reason during the summer of 2018, I was writing at 11 p.m. at night, you know, just 11 to 11.15, and it turned into a manuscript in itself. It's much shorter, much shorter, but it's um, it's about uh, very different things. Like, uh, um, I guess it's just, the original title was We Just Love the Earth, 29 Notes of Inspiration, and what really would you call something that has been created just by writing 15 minutes a day, writing about things that you're curious about, but not like journal and daily life stuff, I absolutely hate to write about um, daily life in a journal. And some people think that it's really good for your mental awareness, and it's really good like as a mental exercise to write about your daily life. I think, to the contrary, that a good way to do it is to write about any other subject. Like, I mean, write down anything, whether you want to talk about politics or religion or that TV show that you watched, or better yet, what um, ideas are behind the storyline in a TV show, or even if you just want to write a response to a YouTube um, ch channel or a YouTube video that you watch that um, has you really curious, that stuff I think is good to put into a journal. The other book that um, I was tempted to write was like, I don't really use a lot of scripts on BBOR, it's all mental planning, like I know exactly what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. But I um, used to make loads of notations, and I have them all in this uh, composition book. Not even like a spiral notebook, but you know one of those um, composition books that has like the black and white cover? And I made a lot of notations for a book that was going to be called Evil and the Internet. That's going to talk about, yes, true crime, but also conspiracy theories and um, things like the deep state and the shadow government. And it's not... Um, that isn't a typed-up manuscript, but I have all the notations out. I do have that completed manuscript, and I might ask the audience if they could think of a better title than We Love the Earth or We Just Love the Earth. And I was debating about that so hard, like, shall I call it, do I call it We Love the Earth or We Just Love the Earth? But yes, it's about um, optimism more than anything, or um, um, I guess inner peace and so on. Um Back in 2018, I wasn't so focused on true crime. Instead, I was making more episodes about, um, or not even like episodes, but I was just listening to episodes rather than making them. I was listening to things about trying to understand the political situation in the world. And yeah, of course, I would be attracted to more of the conspiratorial political commentators. And I wouldn't even say that We Love the Earth as a political book. And 
it's just an assembly of those writings that I did for 15 minutes a day. Maybe that one will come out later on, but there are also some things to share. The way you see this episode here, this might be the future of Black Box Online Radio. I used to do the show seven days a week for around 20 minutes a day, and then um, there was a, it was actually a suggestion that was made by Jack Cooper from the Zodiac Killer channel, whom I collaborated with on the series Obsession Into Darkness, as well as numerous other videos out there. There have been some things on ghost stories, some things on true crime news, all on the Zodiac Killer channel. I would invite you to listen to that. But um, he suggested that, um, why don't you do the show for an hour a day, three times a week, instead of 20 minutes a day, for seven days a week. And I did, more or less, for a while. I mean, was, the episodes came out 40 minutes to an hour, and somebody said that in the comment section. I'm not sure who, but they said, hey, Ned, I love that you're making hour-long episodes, but I have to tell you, we need 90-minute episodes. And I'm like... I know, I completely get you. I love listening to extended podcasts. I mean, 90 minutes, 2 hours, 3 hours. Especially if you have a job where you can just put the headphones on and listen to a very lengthy podcast. It knocks out a large chunk of your day. And you're able to follow along with something that you're, um, well, that you're genuinely curious about. And that is the best part of, well, my day job. Putting on the headphones and listening to something that isn't related to work. But um, I digress from that, and I was um, really liking this five-day format about doing the um, the Zodiac Mondays, True Crime Talk Radio on Tuesday, Wednesday, the Ask Me Anything, and um, and on uh, Thursdays, the Disappearance of Donald Ass, and Friday is the Anything Goes segment. But I didn't do them like 20 minutes. I still kept going with the 40-minute segment. And I think I'm finally at the uh, point when I just don't know if I'm going to have enough time in the day to keep making 40-minute to an hour episodes six, uh, five or six days a week. So they might be coming out in smaller segments like 30 minutes a day and then still keep up with that five-day-a-week format. I listen to some 30-minute podcasts and... Actually, what I always said about that was, I can listen to a 20-minute podcast or a 17-minute podcast if it's something that I'm familiar with or that I'm really anticipating. And I've followed numerous ones in the past, uh, Global Truths, hosted by Dr. Keith Suter, where I used to download Forensic Files as a podcast from Radio.com. They were like 22-minute episodes. And if you're if it's something that you're familiar with, yeah, then you like to listen to a uh, 20-minute podcast, but maybe the episodes will be coming out 30 minutes a day. But um, I should also remind everybody that you can go over to Launchpad 1 and download the audio of this program for free as a pure podcast. If you want to do it with the video, then you can use YouTube Premium, but you have to pay for that one. Launchpad 1 is free, and the audio is posted there. You can take it on the go anywhere and anyhow. The absolute best way to support the show is just by listening to some more content. But I think that um, even better than visiting Launchpad 1, just go through some of the old backlog of Black Box Online Radio. The pink bubble days, weren't those amazing? And there's some, there's so many true crime stories out there that, um, have been made into episodes on Black Box Online Radio, and I like learning about this stuff because it allows me to connect with people on 
an indirect level. I don't know the people personally whom I'm talking about in these true crime episodes, but you still feel like there's a certain type of bond, and I loved learning about this stuff even before I was hosting any type of YouTube show or even before I was putting out things like the Teespring page or now the book, but those will be the ways to support the channel in the future. I mean, don't need any individual contributions or anything like that, but you can go over to the Teespring page and have a look at some things like the wonderful Being Weird is Not a Crime shirt, or you can just go to Amazon and check out the novel Killer on a White Horse by me. But I wrote that book, and then I was really looking for an editor, but then I just sat down and decided, hey, I'm going to have to just edit this thing myself. If there are any imperfections, maybe they can be smoothed out at a later date, but I'm hoping that it'll be as smooth as can be for now. And I had a lot of uh, conflicting emotions when I was um, reading over the manuscript Killer on a White Horse, because the central character, the protagonist for the majority of the book, not the whole, not the whole of it, but the majority of it, is somewhat autobiographical. He worked a similar job that I had in the past, and he had a similar age that I was when I had that job, and I was, um, you know, doing that thing where you're trying to write what you know, and you're trying to create characters that are based off of your real experiences, so no one can ever say, hey, that's not real, that's not how it happened. Well, I lived that way, and um, that is how life is. But then when I was reading it over during, like, the absolute uh, final draft moments, and I was like, wow, this guy's kind of a jerk. And then, well, there are a lot of jerks in the story, because there are a lot of jerks in life and so on. And it was just some very conflicting feelings and emotions going through that. But that's what makes it a story. And as I said, if you go through it, you'll definitely see the parts that are Zodiac-inspired and Manson family-inspired. They are not direct recreations, being very clear about that. It's they were just um, some of the ideas that turned into the source material, because I would always say on the channel that somebody needs to write the Zodiac-Manson connection as a novel, and I made an attempt to do that. But in regards to um, a future novel, I was heavily debating um, about this, about something similar where um, People are trying to solve a murder mystery, but instead of the Zodiac-Manson connection, it was one of my own observations in the Zodiac Killer case that there is a, um, there's this connection to automobiles. So many of the car, the crimes are occurring near cars, and there are clues there, and I was tempted to put that into a novel where these, um, this group of sleuths is trying to track down somebody they call the car door killer, and they're going to repeatedly say throughout the novel, like, wow, we got to think of a better name. That is just the lamest name for a serial killer in the world. But oh, no one seems to think that a series of murders is related, and the only clues they have are certain marks or symbols that have been left behind on cars. And um, I was really just about to start that. I was about to do the whole thing where you put the book out one day and then start writing another day and then just get immediately started on the second novel. But then I thought that, nah, this um this is way too similar. This um is way too similar to a uh, killer on a white horse. It's just kind of repackaging the same story in a couple different contexts and I um I uh, didn't want to do something that is going to be boring 
if someone were to read Killer on a White Horse, and then they would notice all of the similarities. So I'm, I'm not quite sure what the next book will be. I'm tempted to do something really different, like experimental fiction or something, like that Ellen Hopkins stuff, where there's like a bunch of different poems, and they can be put into shapes, like topiary poetry, and then they also can be interconnected into a story. I would really be tempted to do that, but I do have to share one more thing. If I were to write a book about the Zodiac Killer, I know exactly what I would say. I know exactly what I would do. I just don't want to add in a bunch of fluff and filler around real, true murder stories. And I don't want to, um, I don't want to write like 10 pages about my own original Zodiac Killer observations and then have 150 pages of fluff, because real people died in those crimes. Real people died also in the Manson family, but writing it as a novel where none of the real characters are there, and there's certainly no Sharon Tate or Wojtek Frakowski and Killer on a White Horse. In fact, the victims are mostly left out of it. But I just, I just not sure if I should um, write a book like that for profit. The real reason I wrote the book We Just Love the Earth was um, it was meant to be for free. That's that finished manuscript I have from 2018 that I'm not sure what to do with. It was supposed to be free. Like I was just going to put it out um, on a blogger. Like people uh, used to do that. They would take like a, a blog, like you know Google.blogspot.com, and then just um, make each post a chapter. But I have the completed manuscript, and I think I might reach a larger audience by putting it out on Amazon. Blog spots are mostly a dying art, and the reason why is because people have turned toward podcasting. But on that note, another great way that you can support these efforts here, in addition to visiting the Teespring page and the Amazon book page and the um, Launchpad 1 segment, is to go over to the channel Astropsych 400. I'm also the host over there. I just did a 12-part series on astrology this year, but to my brothers and sisters from across the pond in the United Kingdom, I'm really tempted to do a video review, I guess, to put out a YouTube um, response to the television series Waterloo Road from the United Kingdom. Seasons 1 through 7 were set in England, and then seasons 8 through 10 were set in Scotland. And that might be coming out shortly, and I might just put it out on Astro Psych 400 because I don't want to create a new channel, and I don't think that the YouTube algorithm will punish me too much for that. But um, yeah, that's just another way that uh, you can support the channel, and you'll see the Astro Psych 400 graphics going around on many of the other Black Box Online Radio videos. I made that series because I just wanted to talk about something else, and John Lorden, who has been a big inspiration to me in the uh, true crime world, is the host of the Lord Narts channel, as well as numerous other things. He does Three Men in a Mystery with Mike Morford, as well as Crime After Crime with Danielle Hallen, and I'll say something about them in a second, but he just said it very clearly when he was like, sometimes the true crime can take its toll on you. I absolutely love connecting with other people and learning about other people's stories, but also, like, sometimes you just want to talk about something a little bit lighter, so you have those things on astrology and personality traits. I have to say that whenever I talk about psychology on the channel, those episodes do not get very strong re responses in terms of views, but they get very strong responses in terms of the people who actually listen to those. You guys say great things in the comments section 
on those psychology episodes, particularly that one I did recently about um about overcoming anxiety. So I don't know if I'll be doing too many more of those, but I can share with you one more way about organizing your time. And um, I was reading up on personality traits in the early part of 2020, I mean like January of 2020, and it was talking about openness and conscientiousness. And it suggested, this is another mental exercise, just put aside two hours a week for creative time. And that doesn't have to be things like novel writing. Instead, it just creates something, anything. And for the first time in years, like, I started doing hard work. I mean, I don't draw or anything, but I would even make doodles and such and trying to um, make my own type of um, things that are anything creative, even if it also included the time that I would record for BBOR, whether it's writing or you're just doing like little childish doodles and then you're cutting pieces of paper and putting them together like a collage. And I did it for a while, but I find that those mental exercises are are very valuable. Adding structure and order to the day are, I mean, like, it's so solid. And when I was starting out Black Box Online Radio, I didn't have the best schedule, but numerous times throughout the year, I just get into my zone and, all right, I'm reading up on something at this time, I'm recording at this time, like, last year, during the fall, I would always record Black Box Online Radio at 6 p.m., and you get into that zone and just that becomes who you are. And I would think about the episode all day. Like some people, somebody asked me, how do you find the time to do so many BBOR episodes? And I'm like, mental planning. I know what I'm going to do for the day. And tomorrow I'm going to be talking about this subject. But today I'm going to talk about this one. So then I read up on it whenever I can. I watch a documentary if I can, and I think, hmm, okay, I'm going to start the episode this way, and then I'm going to talk about this part of the subject. And, I mean, it's all about mental planning. But that was more of when I was doing it seven days a week for 20 minutes, and there weren't a whole lot of video edits. It was just the um, the logo with the sparks in the background. I love those sparks, right? But... I think there might be a little bit more of that only because it um, is a little bit of a time saver. And I'm just at that point when I can't uh, be putting out one hour episodes five days a week. I'm not a professional with this as of yet. And I guess um, life outside of the internet is catching up to me. And I mean, I'm supposed to be starting another novel, right? No, I really don't think that I'm going to write that killer on a card killer by a car door yet the one that's going to talk about the car door killer and i was like telling myself no matter what i cannot call it killer by a car door like i have killer on a white horse killer by a car door maybe somebody like james patterson can get away with that um, i was like for some guy like me nah that sounds kind of lame but um yeah the whole point was like people are going to be very well aware in that story they're like killer by a car door the car door killer this is the worst serial killer name ever, but they just didn't know what to call him because imagine just a group of three friends who stumbled onto these clues and nobody else um, took them seriously. Nobody believed them. They discovered something. And believe it or not, um, I, I took a lot of inspiration for that one from things that I just read like in the comments section on YouTube. I haven't written a word of that one yet. Maybe that'll happen in the future, but as for now, Killer on a White Horse explores the story of someone just living a very ordinary life, and then all of a sudden one day 
some group of people come walking down the road and they bring this um, enormous array of chaos into his world. And then they begin learning about the White Horse Killer and you got to find out who's responsible. So that's going to be the subject of the book Killer on a White Horse, available on Amazon.com. There's a link to that in the description box. And also, I would um, like to say that Wednesday is normally the AMA, the Ask Me Anything. And I used to begin with a borrowed question, and then I conclude with a borrowed question. Um, and the borrowed question I would like to use this week comes from Sherry Burris. She's a sportscaster. She also has a lot of things on YouTube. And she asked, what is your favorite Olympic event? And right now it is the Olympic season. And when I read that uh, thing on Instagram, I was watching women's softball. The USA was playing Canada. So I just said women's softball because that was the one I was watching. I don't have any favorites, by the way. No favorite food, no favorite color, no favorite anything. I have a favorite book. It's called Killer on a White Horse by Ned DeHaan. But I digress from that. And I began to think, though, what really would be some of the top Olympic events? And then I decided the road race. Oh my gosh, I saw that for the first time this year. 145 miles, like the road race in cycling. And um, like the guy from Ecuador won this year. He won the gold. And, you know, like big congratulations to him. But I mean, that is the longest race in the entire Olympics. 145 miles of cycling. So um, I would put that one at the top. But I noticed a lot of people on the NBC Sports channel here on YouTube are saying in the comments section how their favorite event is the hammer throw, like track and field, in the field part, that is. And I love watching the hammer throw. And people say it's because it's just so hypnotic watching people spinning the hammer before they throw it. But I watch all of those events. I love field. I mean, high jump is getting a lot of... um positive press now and uh, the guy from Qatar in Italy decided to share the gold medal but whether it's discus or uh, shot put I love watching those I did track and field in high school and um, I actually trained for high jump but I didn't do it in the competition and um, so I I love watching those things I guess I have somewhat of a personal connection also there was an amazing final in the men's 400 meter hurdles but it's one of the few times a year when I actually sit down and watch those types of sports, and that's why I love the Summer Olympics. But you also get to see more soccer, more basketball, baseball, and softball. They got so many things going on now. And um, BMX, oh my gosh, like um, the BMX freestyle was so good this summer. Anyway, that's my response to the borrowed question in a twisted roundabout fashion. Thank you to Sherry Burris, and thank you to all you guys for listening to the channel, and thank you to everyone who bought t-shirts, and um, a big thank you to Chad, who was the first person to send me a photo of him wearing a Black Box Online Radio t-shirt, and you can visit the Teespring page if you like, or you can download the show for free at Launchpad One. You, anybody can write the show at blackboxonlineradio at aol.com. Also on Facebook, Black Box Online Radio. My personal Facebook is in the description box. And now, also in the description box, is a link to Amazon.com and my novel, Killer on a White Horse, by Ned DeHaan. Tell your friends and family, anyone who likes murder mysteries, and maybe they will have a read of it too. It's uh, not exactly cheap, let's just say inexpensive over there. Get your tablets, Kindles, and... Uh, Kindle app on the smartphone ready and you can download it and 
take it anywhere you like. So, all right, so thank you for listening to this episode, and I'll be back tomorrow with a new episode on the Long Island serial killer to people who are listening live. And if you're just listening to this in the future, feel free to check out the series on the Long Island serial killer, as well as anything about the Zodiac Killer, the Manson family, true crime. Go back through some of those old episodes with the black box and the pink bubbles and even the old gray box recordings talking about paranormal activity and so on. Many things here on this channel. You know, Black Box Online Radio just passed the 1,000 upload mark, more than 1,000 episodes. I can't believe it. And now there's even a book for sale. Okay, so I will see you guys on Instagram for the bonus podcast. Until next time.